What's up, everybody? I am Uncle Sam. I am Random Ninja, aka Randomus Ninjamus. The most random of ninjas ever. You can call me James, though. I call him James. Yeah, that's a uh, Random Ninja is my professional professional name, um, and that's why you wouldn't recognize me as James. Only as Random Ninja, and that's only is if you've ever uh, looked at my Facebook or something, you know. Well, I professionally go by Uncle Sam, but. Nobody ever calls me that, so I guess I'm not doing a very good yeah, job. Not even your nieces. That well, it's funny. My nieces do definitely, and whenever my son hangs out with my my niece for very long, um, he starts calling me Uncle Sam too. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm I'm Dad. I'm Dad. Like, no, I'm well, Dad. I don't even want to tell you what my kids call me. <laughs> yeah, but uh, actually, though, what's funny about that is Kinsley, my youngest, she's gotten this on kick where she likes to work the word booty into everything. Oh, dude, I thought it was just my son. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. No, I thought booties. it was just boys. Like, oh, yeah. No, no, booty, everything. Booty, everything. Um, yeah. she's, been, she's been working on her alphabet. It's like A, B, C, D, E, F, booty, H, I, J, K, F. <laughs> she's nailing it. Like, if she does it without the booties, she yeah. can't. Yeah. But throw some booties in it. She knows not to say booty at school, and I can only assume that she's sticking with our deal. Ooh, she, I don't know about Rustin doing his, uh, I don't know. I got to find out. No. I don't know. My kids, she's so honorary, dude. Like, uh, she, I'm a little bit worried because the other day we were in a store and suddenly I had like this bow in my pocket mm-hmm. and I was like, why do I got this bow in my pocket? And of course I throw it on a shelf, you know, and then a little bit later we're checking out and I feel a tug at my pants and I like, uh, look what down, kind of bow, like a hair bow, you know, oh, okay. like a, like a Minnie Mouse hair bow. Okay. And I look down and there's my little daughter shoving her hand with this bow, trying to shove it in my pocket. <laughs> And you're like, oh, that's innocent. I look at her. She looks up at me like, oh, wow. Like, busted. You know, and I'm, so we had to have a talk about stealing. Ooh, yeah, fun stuff. Yeah. It's like, here, you hold this. Yeah, daddy, you hold this. Uh, yeah, I mean, she, I guess she doesn't really understand the concept of money. She's like, give it to dad. He takes it out of the store. It's mine. Who cares? Yeah. You know, the, yeah. the rest of the stuff's just paperwork. Yeah. Paperwork. Uh, Rustin understands. It's like, it's got to go by the clerk first. Like, it's got to, it's got, they got to check it out. Oh, right, good. So, that's probably a good thing, man. Okay, anyway, we're here to talk about some movies, right? Okay, so today we're going to be talking about some movies, okay? Yeah. What movie are we talking about today? I think we're going to start off with... (coughs) Start off with me learning how to talk. (laughs) We're going to start off with the 1990 horror classic, Tales from the Dark Side. Dun-dun-dun. Yeah, horror is about Tales from the Dark Side. Can we do the whole show like that? <laughs> I'm gonna do it like this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> we gotta get a new producer. I know. Okay. Oh. Okay. If it'll there it goes. There it goes. Right there. There it goes. Oh. Alright, so All right, anyways, to- um back to reality. Yeah. Whoa, so, whoa, whoa. Not reality. Well, well our reality. Okay, hold on. Let's hold on. Let's preface this stuff. Let let's get this let me say some things up front. Preface, okay, please. All right. First of all, I'm wearing prescription sunglasses, so <laughs> that's why I'm wearing sunglasses. Um, number one, this is entertainment. Straight. Okay. Straight up entertainment. First and foremost, this is entertainment. All right. We like watching horror movies. Like that's all it is. Like, and there's some stuff I don't watch, and there's some stuff. I mean, I'll tell you, you know. But what we are going to do is talk about movies that we have seen. Yep. And that we enjoy. Um, and, uh, we will, uh, hopefully, uh, explain our 
appreciation for it and maybe give some insight or, mm-hmm. or maybe you can find uh, yourself enjoying this. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, in uh, no movie's perfect and no movie's worthless. Well, I mean, there might be a worthless flick out there. Looking at you, Highlander, too. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, oh, also let me say, although Sam's wearing sunglasses, I am not, even though I have a light shining right in my eyes because I just don't want to be that guy wearing sunglasses inside, you know? Who cares, though, right? And plus, I like to make my eye contact, you know? i got a lot going on in here. <laughs> but, yeah, we're definitely we're going to definitely talk about movies. Uh, some good, some bad, some we're going to make each other watch down the road. You know, there's probably going to be something that we accidentally, neither of us want to watch that we end up watching together, and then we can't figure out why we watched it at all. Uh, and then you're going to, hopefully, you'll hear us talk about it. But for today, starting out, and there's a particular reason that we're doing Tales from the Dark Side, because... It's the season of the pumpkin right now. It is the season of the pumpkin. We're in fall. We have just started fall. Just started fall. Early fall. The beginning. Yeah. Um, I already have uh, I have Halloween decorations out. I don't have fall decorations out yet, <laughs> but I have Halloween decorations out. I go right to Halloween decorations. Well, at first, we, we buy the pumpkins, Yeah. and uh, my wife uses them as fall decorations until yeah. I can get in there and... Carve me up, Jack. That's what I need to do is, is get some pumpkins. Oh yeah, they're right now. See, right now there's a crap load because nobody's thinking about jack o' lanterns. But I live in Olney, though. Uh, well, that's on you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you just go take one of your neighbor's porch or something. Uh, there's no like, no. I, I'm I'm going to be the most decorated of my whole little neighborhood. Yeah, that's why. Like whenever. Well, I came up to your place, and you know, you live in an apartment complex, and I was like, "Oh man, which one is it?" And then it's like, D-d-d-d-d-d. "Oh, there it is." It's like uh, a bunch of Halloween decorations and a bunch of toys. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I was like, "I was like, even if this isn't Sam's, I got, I want to know who lives here." You walk up, and it's ghost, ghost, Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol, <laughs> look like some maybe uh, random yeah cars and such. Uh, which my house too. My house is very much like like I have this space at the uh, the Scarecrow Dojo that we're in right now. Uh, but outside of this, I have no say over my home, and it's full of little girl toys. I'll sneak some other toys in there, some Batmans and things like that, but some Restless. But it always comes back to, oh, my gosh, Peppa Pig, Bluey, uh, which, you know, I hate to admit how much I like those. <laughs> anyway, Tales from the Dark Side. As you already said, it's a 1990 anthology horror film. So it's about three different stories. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the uh, the wraparound, how it's framed? Well, um, oh, actually, I'm sorry. What about, the, tell me about the first time you ever saw this movie. Was it recently? Had you seen it before? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Um, one of, one of the things I do want to make sure that I do want to say, like, I, I want to make sure you hear me say this. We are going to be spoiling the ever living blank out of these movies. Okay. Oh yeah. Period. That's just all there is to it. So it's like if you haven't seen Tales from the Dark Side, we're about to tell you about yeah. the movie. Stop this! Stop this podcast! <laughs> you know, what? mute the podcast, let it play. We need the views, and uh, go watch Tales from the Dark Side. Uh, it's available on. I'm not sure. I have it on Voodoo. It's worth owning for me. And I should. Uh, anyway, I should also point out a fun fact about this film is a lot of people consider it the 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 true third creep show. Which, that's why it's kind of interesting we're starting with it. It's a standalone, but if you dig in deeper, it was uh, the people, like, I mean, we're talking about Stephen King and George Romano, you know, that were... George A. Romero. Romano. I'm talking about Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh. Ray Romano. Oh, oh no, no, oh, yeah. I botched. Oh, okay. I botched. Yeah, all right. Uh, all right, all right anyway, all right. sorry, my bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Well, that's, that's but, wow. um, that's, that's a big... Not, I mean... He, he get that in post. Romero? <laughs> he get that in post. Wow, really? Yeah. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, seriously. Like, I mean, I, that's kind of embarrassing. That's super. Especially for a horror podcast. You're going to cut that, right? <laughs> He's not going to cut it. George Romano. George Romano. Not the living dead. It's kind of like I got to keep it in because I'm going to say something really stupid, okay. too. All right. Anyway, those guys um, made uh, those dudes that I named all ago that I said, right? You know, they were heavily involved in the first two Creepshow movies. Michael McDowell, Stephen King, George A. Romero. Ah, oh, there you go. Romano. Romano. <laughs> That's a parody waiting to happen. It's like it's put together by John Harrison, the uh, the official director is John Harrison. Um and it's it's just exactly like James said. It's three different it's three different stories. Um 
there's uh, different writers. Michael McDowell, like uh, like I mentioned, is one of the writers. Um, there's a variation of a uh, Arthur Conan Doyle, who is the uh, Sherlock Holmes. Oh yeah, wrote, wrote Sherlock Holmes. Word. And, um, there's a variation of one of his stories, um, and then uh, Stephen King's uh, George A. Romero uh, wrote the screenplay for A Cat from Hell, which was a Stephen King uh, story. And then uh, the wraparound, well, it starts off with uh, yeah. Debbie Harry and a young Matt Lawrence. Yeah, but real quick, when was the first time you saw this film? Okay, the first time, uh, I probably saw it whenever I was younger, because um, I kind of, I vaguely remember, uh, I vaguely remember the uh, Steve Buscemi and Christian mm-hmm. Slater. And then that's the only real recollection that I can think of, of having, um, until just recently, whenever we started talking about it, right, right. Uh, you know, I remember. Did you ever watch the Tales from the Dark Side show, the series? No. Okay, it predates the movie. Um, like that show was the first of those kind of movies or shows that I ever watched, and I watched one episode. And there's something to do with an apartment building that was like alive or something. It was like a kind of a monster and had to be fed. Anyway, scared the crap of me. I was like five. So Tales from the Dark Side, which has this really great. The show has this really great. Um, intro music just really creepy like this negative effect let me let me let me say one thing i'm probably if, if, if these things were on tv in yeah. the 90s then i probably did watch them because my folks let us watch whatever the heck was on tv well you know it, so I, if it came on tv at all then and not well if it was on hbo i didn't see it no it was on network but the thing was at some point they changed the show it, it I don't know enough about this, but it was like pretty much everything the same except for they changed the title to Monsters. And uh, so maybe that's where in the 90s, that's where, I don't know, that's worth looking into. I wish I knew more about that. Uh, but however, the movie itself, I remember seeing a sneak preview of it on some show. I don't know, like uh, some critic show or something like that where they, they showed a little bit of the beginning. Um, and I thought it looked really freaking creepy because I could just, you couldn't see the kid behind the, the bars the book and the lady with the thing we'll talk about that a little bit but uh first time i watched any of it it, it was kind of like you i didn't see the whole thing I, I saw parts of it here and there like on hbo i would catch it on there and i would confuse it with all the other anthology movies like the creep shows and whatnot you know so yeah, that's kind of how like all the for me i mean i was born in 85 right yeah. so um you know, this movie was probably wrote, wrote and shot um, in like '89, so the end of the '80s. It was put out in 1990. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, like I'm five years old yeah. <laughs> whenever it comes out. You know, and so you know, you're looking at the early '90s. That stuff was probably on TV or around, and so it's like I know I was exposed to it because I remember Tales from the Crypt and all kinds oh, of yeah. all the kind. Uh, like I've always been drawn to that, to the the creepy horror stuff all throughout my, right. my childhood, all the way up until. You know, I would imagine that's why they changed the title Tells from the Dark Side because of Tells from the Crypt because Tells from the Crypt was such a big deal. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of that's kind of the king of those shows. Yeah, the Crypt Keeper, I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's few that 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 bro, match. I, I think they should re-release every every horror movie ever made and give it a bookend with the Crypt Keeper. Like turn every movie into a Tells from the Crypt, you know. Oh. That's pretty cool. I think it'd be awesome. That's you have to watch neat. them all again. That's pretty neat. Like, uh, anyway, we should actually, we should do a Tell Us From The Crypt movie down the road. Eventually. Yeah. Yeah, I want to get to that because there's some of that stuff I'd like to revisit. Sure. And some... Nostalgia. Shouldn't, but... You know, yeah. Like, well, <laughs> it's kind of like some of these movies that we'll get to, like, especially we're, we're covering some anthologies. Yep. Let's, before we get into really uh, the Tell Us From The Dark Side, mm-hmm. uh, let's, let's kind of, we're... We've got uh, three movies lined up that we're going to be talking about, and they're all anthologies. Right. So uh, some of these stories are going to be good, (laughs) and some of them are not so good. Yeah, I think we've got a pretty good balance. And uh, I'm going to say this one, it's it's three stories, and usually these anthology movies have more than that. Mm -hmm. You know, so this is kind of a minimum, so I really think they hit it with the quality on these, because I think all three of the stories are good. You know, we have our favorites and stuff, but I don't really see... I mean, I know which one I like the least, and I know which one I like the most, but I and I, I don't know which one I think's the best. Because to me, there's a difference in my favorite and the best. You yeah. know, like there. That's so. Sometimes I'll be like, well, I think that's the best, but my favorite. Like example, that Nightmare on Elm Street, the original, is the best. My favorite is Dream Warriors. You know, that's just I accept that. You know, 
Other people don't want to see that see it that way. They're like, well, if you think it's the best, or if you think it's your favorite, you must think that's the best. I'm like, no, no, I just. Yeah, I can see chocolate, yeah. vanilla. They both taste good, but who's yeah. scooping the ice cream? You know, right, right, yeah. So anyway, as you were, you were talking about the intro to this movie. Yeah, well, yeah, it starts off with um, um, the woman talking to her friend, setting up a dinner party, mm-hmm. and then leads into uh. There's banging on the pantry, opens up the pantry, and there is Matt Lawrence. Yeah, very young Matt Lawrence, like, uh, you, you know, of the Lawrence brothers. Um, what, Mrs. Doubtfire? He was in that. He was the yeah. young man in that. Younger brother, Joey Lawrence. Yes. Uh, and let's, talk, let's talk, actually, we should talk about this cast real quick before we even go much further. Just like. I, I've got a uh, a lot on the cast, or not a lot, but, you know, I mean, it's it's a really good cast. Oh, yeah. it's it's in so, None of these people had really made it yet. You know, they weren't really household names, you know? Well, that's, it, that's where it's like, I, I look at it, and I'm like, I remember all these people from whenever I was a kid. Like, they all turned out to be big names. Sure. Or not all of them, but the ones that well, we're going to highlight. And, you and, know? and some, like like the, the, the witch is uh, Blondie. Uh, Deborah Harry. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, for, you know, famously the band Blondie. I don't know if she did any other acting. I I really, I don't, maybe I should have researched that. Well, I mean, if you watch this, then there's probably a reason why she didn't get many acting roles afterward. Okay. But with all fairness, I think it fits the, the awkwardness of her. (laughs) I think fits. It works. It works. Cause she's kind of like almost in like, like a, like a bit of a daze, you know? I mean, she, cause you know, she's a witch. Yeah. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> she's this, but she's like this. And, and you got to wonder, it's like, what's the whole dynamic of this town? You know? And she's, she's captured this paper boy. Yeah. And she's been feeding him cookies. Trying All to day. fatten him up. Yeah. Which you got, you're not just going to get, you're just going to have a body full of cookies. Yeah. You know? Um, and she's preparing to eviscerate. That's where I learned the word eviscerate. eviscerate. Yeah, eviscerate yeah. and explaining yeah. it to him and just yeah. casually doing it. Yeah, like I get that part, but like it's just, I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah, she's not going to win any Oscars, but yeah. I think it, it worked. Like I don't watch, I don't cringe. I don't either. I. Uh, it's not the worst part about this movie really? at all. It's not. I don't, I can't wait to hear what you think the worst part is. You know, I don't really, nothing, <laughs> nothing bad jumps out to me about this movie. You know, um, and maybe I'm watching it with like, you know, uh, rose colored glasses or whatever. Okay. That I'm not wearing right now because I don't want to look like a jerk wearing sunglasses inside. Well, mine aren't rose colored. I know. You can clearly see this is not rose. Not talking about you. Not all about you, man. Okay. Well. Talking about the other people here. Anyway. <laughs> There's we're... nobody else here. <laughs> Live studio audience, my guy. <laughs> Kong and Michael Myers. Uh-huh. And oh, we're in good company. Yeah. We are in great company. Okay, so that's the intro. And then, uh, so she's going to cook him, and she busts out. She pulls out the sewing needles, which come into play later, uh, toward in the climax of the film, if you will. The evisceration. The viscer- yeah, the, the evisceration. And she's giving him this book to read, and he didn't want to read it, but she's like, oh, man, I got I to gotta, I gotta get to cooking. Got to get right. to eviscerating and cooking you up, boy. And... So he's like, well, no, no, let me read his story. And she's like, because she's kind of odd. She's odd duck. She's like, yeah, read me a story. I love this book. And what was that story called? Lot 249. Lot 249. So we start off with Lot 249, which is a uh, author, Conan Doyle. Uh, it was originally written in the 1890s. Really? Yes. I had no idea. Yes. Well, like I said, I mean, he wrote. Uh, Sherlock Holmes and st- and stuff. Yeah. So I mean, that's, uh, yeah, I yeah, didn't know that. Eighteen hundreds. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, yeah. you know, I'm over here like Romano. So <laughs> what do I know? My credibility's out the window. I've got to start from scratch. <laughs> Completely, the Romano guy. Um, random Romano, Romano ninja. <laughs> anyway. But talk about all right. You want to talk about some of the cast here? You yeah. Have, you have you have uh, like I already mentioned, Steve Buscemi. Steve um, Buscemi. Uh, Christian Slater. Yeah. Um, and then Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore, like Julianne Moore. She is so pretty. I in know. This. Yes. You know, like that is, like I, I never recognized her for the longest time from that. Yeah. You know, I recognize her later in her career. I mean, Christian Slater and Steve Buscemi are pretty recognizable at any stage in their career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you're not, you got issues. You know, and Christian Slater was probably the probably the I could be wrong, but probably the biggest star of the of in this movie at that time. You know, I don't know if he'd really hit. I don't know if, uh, like, Heather's had came out. 
yet. Of course, I don't think I don't know that if Heather's was any kind of hit. It's great, cult classic. Just watch it. Well, this is nineteen ninety when this came out, right. so you got to look at you know it's probably eighty nine whenever they uh, they shot this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so the late eighties, beginning of the nineties. Yeah, he was definitely on his way to being like that that heartthrob. You know. Uh, when was Interview with the Vampire? Oh no, no, that that, that was that, that was, was like, like 93, 93? 94, something like that. Okay, yeah, okay. he was already kind of so, established. Okay. Uh, you know, he you know that role he had in Interview with the Vampire was originally Joaquin Phoenix was supposed to have it, and mm, I can see that Joaquin Phoenix uh, passed away, so Christian Slater stepped in. Wait, for, wait, 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 River. Did I say Joaquin? Yeah. Okay. Joaquin. It was River Phoenix. Yeah. River Romano. Uh. River Phoenix was supposed to do it, and then River Phoenix passed away. Christian Slater stepped in, did the role, and gave the money to River's family. Huh. Yeah. Anyway, that's Interview the Vampire. Let's get back to So anyway, uh, Tales from the Dark Side. <coughs> Lot 249. Go ahead. Oh, no. I'm just like Johnny Botch today. Yeah. Well, it happens sometimes. I'm good with it. That's uh, real conversation, though. Um. So it's a classic story. I think I think I mentioned the, the, this before. I think I've read it in a collection of short stories before. Yeah. And so it's kind of like I remember flashes. Like I remember the visualization of um, Christian Slater and Steve Buscemi. Um, I, I can remember them standing over the 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 mummy. Mm-hmm. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> Lot 249 is a mummy. Oh, yeah. And he's not just any mummy. He's got. Is he a particular mummy? Well, he's got a fortune cookie. Oh yeah, a fortune of him. cookie, little scroll gimmick. <laughs> like, um, man, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta also think that we don't have a lot of, a lot of modern day mummy movies. Not proper mummy movies. No. You know, like I mean, I, I love the Brandon Frazier one. Yeah, we do. But these, I mean, that's not to me. That's like an action adventure film. Yes, it is. You know, a proper horror. I think the closest we come to in our era, and I and tell me if I'm not thinking of something, but it's like. You know, Bubba Hotep. Bubba Hotep. Yeah, I can't really think that there's any other good mummy movie because mummies never scared me. You know, um, not really. Yeah, they're like they're so slow. I mean, this is a pretty good mummy though, for all intents and purposes. Yeah, but this mummy is more like a golem. Oh yeah, yeah. Even with, to the even with the scroll, you're right. Because that's what it is. It's it's you know it's it's really more the golem uh, story, uh, the way that. You know, you have oh. this this mummy, and here's this spell, and you they cast the spell, and that's right. the story of the golem. The golem this is this rock and mud, and yeah. then they you cast a spell on it, and it goes and it kills whomever. Yeah, I know. didn't make that connection. Yeah, Good it's job, the same. Man. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same story as that, but also, I mean, like the story was originally written in the eighteen nine or you know, 1890s. That makes a lot of um, sense because like because I've heard of the golem story. Yeah. But I didn't. I had never heard of this story involving a mummy, and I just I didn't make the connection. Yeah, yeah. It's just a. Uh, it's just another little twist. Yeah, a little tweak on it, yeah. way, which is great because give us we need more mummies. You know? Yeah, I thought it was pretty. I, I enjoyed it. I, mm-hmm. I like the whole story. There's there's a few times where the mummy's kind of weird because he's he's really slow and clunky, and then yeah. he disappears real fast. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, which one are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the age old question, right? I think. Uh, I think that one movie I got you to watch last night kind of might answer some yes. of that. That's neither yeah. here nor there. Yeah, dude, I know that. <laughs> I'm going to be rethinking uh, horror <laughs> movies all we're, together because of that. Yeah, so. we're referencing a film called Behind the Mask, uh, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Yeah. Uh, it, anyway, that's. but we're talking about yeah. Tells on the Dark Side, so we won't go down that road right now. <laughs> this is going to be hard to do to focus yeah. on just one movie. We'll, we'll keep pulling this it in. It's going to be difficult. We'll I keep mean, pulling it in. Just man. so y'all know, hang in there. Like, this isn't just about. Hopefully, you didn't just tune in to hear us discuss Tales from the Dark Side. <laughs> and, like, these guys, these jerks have been talking about Interview the Vampire, <laughs> freaking Bubba Hotep, The Mummy, George and, Romano. And jo- yeah, and everybody loves George Romano. <laughs> and. This guy doesn't even whatever you know. At least we, you know, whatever. I don't care. It's, it's all good. These are con- like I said. This is conversation. You know, um, we are an unscripted. I tried writing a script one time. It was pretty bad. For this, yeah. Um, okay, so for the, this, for for this, for us. Uh, anyway, so this mummy, like you're saying, he's a dusty mummy. Oh, you know, Excuse I got my language. I got to point something out that I thought was a connection that I guess maybe, but so. Real quick, let me talk about the characters just for a minute. Now, Christian Slater and Steve Buscemi, they're they're uh, 
dorm mates in college. Yeah, 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 yeah. They live all in the same dorm. Yeah, they all live in the same dorm, and it's old school dorm. Like, yeah, it's. Yeah, I like that aesthetic. It's pretty I, neat. I thought it's it pretty, pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Um. So they they're dorm mates, and Steve Mashimi uh is kind of a kind they're of on the art department. Right. Right. Too, by the way, that's they're on. They're in the art department. Okay, I believe you. I believe you because I I knew the others were. But I didn't know about Bashimi because because him I guess him with the uh, the mummy I kind of always thought of him more of a I don't know like a history buff archaeologist. Well, that's type. in that's in the arts. I don't mean like painting and stuff. Just just that. I mean like it's in the museum. Okay, it's part of the museum mind. in the arts. I, I, I meant like that. Yeah, because you have the museum curator guys. Like, dude, yeah. this would have been bank if the mummy would have been in it. Right. You know. Uh, but they reference because Steve Bashimi has lost a um what is it? it's not it's not like a scholarship but he's he, he's he, he's just lost like uh, what was it called dang it uh um, yeah, i know i mean it was a, it was something like a scholarship yeah it's the equivalent of one um a grant or something yeah yeah it was this so, financial deal it was it was a, the equivalent of a scholarship um but yeah it was going to be a chunk of money yeah so he lost it to christian slater his doormate's best, best friend. friend yeah now i keep wanting to call that guy chad what is that guy's name? <laughs> I forgot. But dude, he is like the definitive, like, I don't eighties ninety D bag. Like he's wearing a, he's wearing a sweater. Dude, I know the sweaters. <laughs> the, both well, the sweater vest. Yeah. Kristen Slater, like they, whenever they're coming back from playing tennis, whenever you first meet them, they're coming back from playing tennis. So that right there just kind of right. puts them in the douchebag level, right? You yeah, know? straight up. You know, and they're dressed like it too. And you got to remember, this is this is the nineties, eighties. You know, and they're dressed like it too, bro. Yeah, dude. Like I, you know, I wonder sometimes. I, I, I wonder, like maybe we should bring back the sweater thing. I, although I say bring it back, I don't know if I ever ever saw anyone do it. But it's like rock the sweaters just to do it, just to shake things up a little bit in our little community. You know, those weirdos with the sweaters, because you can do anything around here and you're the weirdo. Uh, Well, yeah, I mean, that just, I'm not getting any signal up in here. Yeah, no, I've turned off your signal. With my, uh, figures. With my mummy scroll. I was just going to try to look up. It was probably like Todd or something. Something, I don't know. I'm so bad with like character names sometimes. I'm, well, okay, if I watch a new movie, I'll remember. But if it's a movie that I've watched in the past and I, as a kid, I didn't remember their names, it doesn't stick with me. You know, we can call him Chad though. I think it works. Maybe Todd is right. Gosh, we look, we look so prepared. Well, I didn't know. Right. Anyway, oh. though, so, oh. so he loses out this scholarship type thing. And he loses it to like uh, Grant or something, maybe. Yeah, Grant, something like that. He loses it to Christian Slater's best friend, the sweater guy, who actually cheated because he got his girlfriend to write it for him. And his girlfriend, played by Julia Moore, is Christian Slater's sister. So Christian Slater's character is directly connected to these two characters mm-hmm. and the Steve Buscemi character. So we mm-hmm. got doormates, best friend, and sister. Christian Slater's right in the middle of this story. Yeah, and no. he seems to have a rapport with mm-hmm. uh what's his name? Uh Bellingham, who's played by uh Bushimi. Yeah. I got Bellingham down, but I didn't for some reason, which oh yeah, I wanted to point out, um, even though they don't they don't share a scene in Big Lebowski, Julianne Moore and oh. Steve Bushimi. Well, uh, yeah, Big Lebowski. Never thought about that one. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah. That's pretty cool, man. I wonder yeah. if the I wonder if the uh the Coen brothers uh, was a, were fans of this film. I don't know. Maybe they should remake it or something. I don't know. Make oh, um, okay. So yeah, go ahead. I, I wanted yeah. to. No, you got something to say. Well, no, it kind of it, it kind of fast forwards a, a, a minute. Oh, okay. Well, then just jump in. Zuni fetish doll. Go That's ahead. what I was gonna talk about. Go ahead. Well, that, that, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna talk about the connection to trilogy of horror. Go ahead. Okay. So when they say that uh, Zuni fetish doll. Like, first thing I thought of was this other movie from, is it 70s maybe? The late 70s? Uh, yeah, I think 75. Trilogy of Horror starring Karen Black. Another anthology film, but and it's, it's made up of three stories, all with Karen Black in the lead role. But most people don't remember the first two stories. They all remember this third story that was centered around a Zumi fetish doll. And, and this doll, with the chain would come off of it, and it would come to life. Oh, man. You know, I was not even aware of this movie until I met my wife. 
she doesn't really she's not really into horror or she wasn't but that is a movie she brought to in, into our marriage you know what i mean so, what was it called uh, so trilogy of horror with karen black you would right. you you, the, you would recognize the name karen black from uh house of a thousand corpses she was mother firefly oh okay yeah she wasn't in the sequel of course I, I, yeah, unfortunately was, i think yeah. she passed away before that or maybe money was an issue i don't know but i, I don't think she's any with us anymore um but yeah so i was really i was like that's the oh my gosh that's what they're talking about that's what's missing but she does they actually show the piece right because she plants it in bashimi's house yeah right so that was the piece yeah because she had stolen it the sister had stolen it and she had it at the at the house and so like um like they have this kind of weird confrontation because they're they're dropping off these uh these moving guys are dropping off lot 249 yeah and uh uh, Christian Slater and, and his friend are uh, talking about, t- you know, stealing this guy's scholarship. Right. And there they are. Like, they come walking up. Oops, there he is. And um, oh, this right, rich yeah. a-hole uh, steps in and pays for the delivery yeah. and all that stuff. Big dogs and, yeah, that. yeah, like, one-ups him just right there. Boom. It's like, not only did I take your money, but now I'm going to pay. It's like. Yeah, so, I'm like, I got money. Yeah, and yeah. and um, so why didn't he even want to win it? He he <laughs> they, he talks about that at the very very beginning of the story. He's like uh, Christian Slater asking him. He's like, "Why are you even doing oh, this?" Oh yeah, you were gonna go because he... they send him to to Europe. Yeah, That's what it was about. It was so he could sending, buy a car. Yeah. So like, your, yeah. The deal is the the thing that that uh, that Bushimi lost was that trip to go do something overseas in Italy or something like yeah. that or whatever. And so this cat. Um, cheats and wins it and yeah he makes that point he's like why do you even want to do this yeah your parents send you there and he's like to he's like so to buy buy a maserati yeah i come back with a maserati yeah yeah he's like for a maserati (laughs) you know dead gum dude so yeah he's he's such a douche yeah all the way through like he just he hits the douche like ding 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 all the way he hits every box check 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 all the way down so there's this guy and then they go in and um they they examine this and uh which then the the best friend tags out but steve bushimi like basically just straight up says you know someone stole this from me right without saying it saying that i think you had something to do with i just so happened to get accused of stealing some zuni fetish model at the same time that this is coming up for review and i didn't get cleared until after right yeah he's been cleared at this point yeah but it was too late he had already lost it but he makes mention that uh the sweater guy chad todd whatever makes mention this to julianne moore and she because he he's kind of at that point he's a little bit like nervous that that Bashimi knows which obviously you know he does know yeah so do you think that this happened and he that's when he ordered lot 249 and like for this revenge or do you think that just he had already ordered this with and and this was just like oh I know what I'm using it on any thought on that because I I think you would have to order something like that too far ahead like yep. to get it shipped to you and stuff i believe that would take weeks yeah so he, uh, so that kind of might show you that character how he was already a little bit like uh unhinged unhinged <laughs> envious kind of like i want this thing and that's another thing you know he found the scroll you got to wonder did he know that scroll was in there that's that's my deal is like okay first of all he's into all this stuff yeah. and like you know he has all these he collects all these different scrolls and he's you know he's into this uh this archaeology or history or whatever you want to call it and um don't get mad at me for getting stuff wrong that's fine um <laughs> hit us up in the comments <laughs> right i dare you to i yeah, dare you please. to I, I dare you just just like us out of spite i dare you to subscribe <laughs> just so you can talk crap what? every time we mess up i dare Whoa. you i dare you yeah, hit that subscribe up. button i dare you teach teach me things so um you know, maybe this is something that he had already heard about and researched yeah. and already knew ahead of time, and is like, "I want this. Like, I'm gonna get that mummy. I, I I need this. I will need this." You know, like he dug up in there, like knowing something's in there. You know, whenever he opens it up, and like, why is he? I don't yeah, know. yeah, because he's know, already he wanted I mean, to examine it. Like, it's hardcore. obviously a valuable mummy, which that's funny too, because the guy says it'd be worth a pretty penny, like you kind of already stated. But then it's like, how did Bashimi afford it in the first place? 
You know? Oh. I don't know. One of those mysteries of the movie, I guess. If anybody knows how he afforded it, let us know. You know, I like a lot of things. Like sometimes, uh, I really, that's why I love different mediums. Like maybe there's a, there's not, but maybe there could be a comic book out there somewhere that explains like backstories to these characters and whatnot, you know, of different things. Like, I mean, they do this sometimes and, uh, you know, it's great when it's canon, but even if it's not, I mean, pick up a story. I'm good with that. It's entertainment. It's fiction. It's a work of fiction. You can do whatever you want with it, really. Well, it might be worth looking at the author Conan Doyle story to see what kind of backstory is is involved or if there's any type of backstory involved about these characters to begin with um, to see what they were writing from because they, you know, basically wrote a screenplay from this story. Right, right. Truth. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay, so Bashimi, he finds, he's doing this half-ass autopsy from my language. Uh, which again, you know, he, he must have been looking for it because you wouldn't just start cutting up a mummy. I mean, yeah, like why is he so intent? He's like hell bent on yeah, dives right in autopsying a, a mummy, you know, and talking about. Of course, he's also like got a semi unhealthy obsession with with the the whole process of it. And he's talking about yeah. the um, embalmers and stuff, and he, he obviously enjoyed talking about what it took to do the embalming and, and, and all those things. This um, You could take this character and put him in another movie as like a sketchy mortician, and he would yes. fit right in there. <laughs> the kind of guy that they don't leave alone with the bodies. Um, 100%. <laughs> no, that's, like, he's going to. And, okay, so now that we've we've gone into the autopsy part of it, and we've talking about this dude has gotten stolen from right mm-hmm. so um one of my favorite parts is and it just happens briefly is is after he's already um uh found the scroll and he's already he's reciting it and uh Julianne Moore has has come to to talk to her her brother right. uh to talk to her brother uh comes in and and the lights go out in the in the dorm. Um, so Christian Slater's trying to get the lights turned on. Yeah, he goes messing with the fuse gimmick. Yeah, right. So he's messing with the fuse. Something, somebody knocks him down. Julianne Moore shows up. Uh, she goes into Bushimi's apartment, uh, hides the fetish doll. Right. Yeah, planting it on him. Which so, is, go which, ahead. I don't really think that comes back into play, though, after. But that's just why she was there. So... She's doing this. The only reason I bring this up is because she had to leave the house, right? So right. she leaves the house. She comes to does this. She plants the doll, which it does come back later on that, that she plants the doll. Yeah, it comes back at the very at the end of it. So like she plants the doll, right? Yeah. Heads back to the house. So she comes back to the house. During the time that she's been away, the mummy has attacked. Right. We and have he, had the first attack. Is attacked uh Chad Todd sweater. Yes. The third. I don't have signal or else I'd look. Like, I have no signal in here, and I don't know your Wi-Fi, so. I, I, oh, you I, did? oh, I'm sorry. I would have given so, you my Wi-Fi password. Yeah, like, I just. That would have been nice to think of. I'm so, I, I'm, I, totally, I, I, I'm totally having to freestyle this off of my own. Lee. Not Chad. Not Todd. Lee. Not sweater guy. Lee. Lee. Lee sweater. Lee sweater. Lee sweater. Le sweater. Le sweater the third. Le sweater. Of the sweater clan. So Lee. So Lee is cooking. Yep. Whenever whenever uh the sister leaves, he's at home cooking, right? Yeah. So obviously he cooks a meal for himself and uh while his girlfriend leaves. And uh shows how good his cooking is. She's then like, he, Oh, I gotta go. Well then he gets drunk. And and passes out on the, the couch during yeah. that time too. And this may be, this may not matter, but looking at that couch, that looks like it looks like a pretty uncomfortable couch to me. <laughs> I'm sorry, it looks like like porch furniture. And, dude, that was like at first I was like, dude, that kind of almost looks like a futon. Yeah, and it's like it's it is. It looks like porch furniture. Like yeah, it looks like very uncomfortable. It's the, that red like pipe like, yeah like, like metal metal yeah it's it's like outside stuff and this yeah. guy's all rich and fancy i mean i guess uh, i guess he was pretty drunk though yeah but why was it in there anyway? why was it in there it didn't fit because the bookshelves are really cool in there yeah everything yeah, yeah everything yeah. else like Ooh, pretty neat. you know it's kind of like some some of these things i guess we overthink about because if you remember at the beginning of the wraparound story 
when when Blondie is talking to her friend on the phone, yeah, she says like, "Oh, bring some glasses, right?" Well, if you look behind her, there's wine glasses. Well, she wanted champagne glasses. Champagne, but then she's like, "Well, if you don't have enough, we'll drink out of some jars or something." Yeah, maybe use the wine glasses. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. People, anyway. But then again, that fits back into that whole that character. Yeah. For her, just uh, well, it's like they said, why are you putting so much effort into a dinner party? And she says, you know me, I always put so much effort into it. So it's like she's putting effort into all the things that she thinks are important, and she's going to forget some of the things because she's focused on all, all this other stuff. Right. Yeah. So the, the eating of the child, <laughs> the preparations. So uh, mummy shows up. Uh huh. This is whenever. Sometimes he's super slow, and sometimes he's ninja. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he's got them spurts. So, uh, <laughs> so he does his thing, which goes back to the embalming. Oh gosh, yeah. Which I'd always, I always wondered that, like, because you know, even like Bashimi talks about before about taking the the hook up yes. through the nasal cavity. Yes, hooking the brain and pulling it out through the nose. I always wondered what that looked like because you know, I, I wonder it's like, does it come out like all mushy and long, or does it kind of come out and then like. Pop back into the brain mode, you know, <laughs> and like, there's a spine connected to it through the nose. Be looking like Schwarzenegger in Total Recall. Ah. Well, Demas. Um, let me see. I said, uh, Bummy yeah. goes straight for the hanger. Straight for the hanger. Yeah, and he yeah. did too. He comes in and he walks straight in and he goes straight to the closet. Like straight into the closet, yeah. gets a wire hanger, starts undoing that SOB, and um, <laughs> the fruit bowl. Whenever she walks in, <laughs> yeah. so this also this all ties in. <laughs> you look in the fruit bowl, and there's fucking brains there. Brains, <laughs> which answers my question. <laughs> yeah, it's. <laughs> there's a bowl of brains. A bowl of brains. Bowl of brains, and like. <laughs> Which, you know, for some, she doesn't mistake for his cooking or something. Nope. Which, it's like, do you think she she's like, <laughs> what do you think about that? Like, oh my gosh, that's brains. I, I mean, how do you even, what do you, I mean, uh, I don't know. Yeah, uh, and what, it's like, and he puts them there with the fruit. Right there with the fruit. Yeah, I wonder if that's the thing, because, you know, when he was mummified, he was stuffed with, like, onions and stuff. So maybe know. Maybe he's like, uh, you need, like herbs and edibles and all that stuff go together dead in that probably not probably just one of the probably somebody making the movies like hey you should throw the brain in the orange bowl well it's kind of like right when she walks in it's right there where they hang their keys and everything yeah. so it's like boom it's like right there you know it's like holy sh what the heck and then uh imagine the mummy walking around though like i like to think it wasn't just random they threw it there he's like walking around like where should i put this brain oh no i think it was intentional 100%. somewhere they yeah. could see it like sits it down over he goes no you know, the mummy off camera. Yeah, it's like as soon as she comes in, uh, there it is. But I, I just loved how it was just sitting sitting there in the fruit bowl. Yeah, that, that, that was good stuff. Um, so at that point... I do have to critique the the uh, the attack on the most beautiful Julianne Moore. Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the window, she is at the window... Yeah. Like breaks the glass and then just stays like surrender style. Like the cops are trying to arrest her, like just stays there <laughs> while he's just like slashing at her back yeah, like, oh. and then starts trying to stuff freaking chrysanthemums in it. Like while she's still yeah. there, he starts doing all that while she's still standing it's, there. It's and like I was she's just like, that's oh, just that, bad. That's vicious too. That yeah. slash on the back. Uh, yeah. But like, it's like, like she's deciding. Go, she's like, Oh, good job. That looks painful. I'll just yeah. see how this. I'll see how this works out for me. Yeah, Hopefully, like, my brain won't be in the yeah, fruit bowl. Yeah, I'm like, no, I'm going out the window. Yeah, it's like, like it's already smashed. The wind, the glass is out. Just fall through it. You're yeah, gonna get cut regardless. It's like, lady, jump! And she's like, what? I could break my ankle. You're on the first floor, <laughs> yeah. which ties back to that yeah. other movie and some of the rules that that. Oh yeah, stuff that he was talking about. Um, really they never go. Down. Yeah, I know, dude. This is especially after after I watched it last night. I was like, dude, this is gonna be hard for me to talk about something else. But yeah, it kind of changes your perception. And yeah. Stuff. yeah, yeah. Again, that's uh, behind the mask. The rise behind of the Leslie Vernon. Yeah, totally dude, watch was, it. So when we do wow, cover it, I, I, that was I'd never I'd never heard about it. Never heard about it until you told me it. about it yesterday. It, it's just one of those movies, dude. I'll tell you, it wasn't the the it wasn't the first time I heard about it. But when I met Robert England, um, the guy in front of me to meet him. Trump. 
Yeah, name drop. Uh-huh. No big deal. When I was kicking it with Robbo, <laughs> you know, that's when you know him like I do, that's what's up. But anyway, so this guy pulled out, I, I want to, it was an alternate poster for it. And and Robert, R- Robbie, if you know him, uh, was just like, he was just like, oh, this is beautiful. Yes. He's like, oh, once in a while I see one of these. Somebody will bring for me to sign. And, you know, and he's like, it's a wonderful little film, you know, and like he was just putting it over. Uh, I'd already, I think I'd seen it at that point. I don't know. I had it on DVD and I loaned it to somebody, and that was that was the end of that. Back I think it the... said it was like 2015 or something. Yeah, I, it, I can't. And I Which can't... would explain why I didn't see it because during that time I wasn't. You, I was, wasn't on planet Earth. It was one of those movies you had to look for. You know what I mean? Around here, anyway. I don't know. Maybe in other circles, but anyway, it uh, tells from the dark side as we return. Okay, so the mummy is slashed up. Uh, the young and lovely Julianne Moore at the window. <laughs> Frozen of fear, I suppose. <laughs> you know, so you know, you gotta know. Sometimes the director is like, the actor's like, well, wouldn't I jump? They're like, nah, that's not the scene, okay? <laughs> that's I know too, and it's like, what about the what about the the mummy wrapping? Because the mummy wrapper, <laughs> it like, is the most pathetic. Like, it's like, it so sad. I'm gonna, I'll do a pop up of this of the scene. I'll just do a still image of that scene right now. That's oh, what it looks like. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's good. It's like my kid trying to like wrap a present or something, you know, or do anything. You know? Dude, it is so sad. Yeah, it's looking. pretty bad. So I mean, it's bad. Now at this point, uh, Julianne Moore and uh, Lee Sweater have both been taken out by Bashimi's mummy. Yes. And Christian uh, Slater's on to him, by the way, at this point. He's like, oh, st- something's going on. Something's up. Which, you know, I kind of, you kind of get the vibe that Christian Slater is well aware of the level of douchebaggery that both his friend and his sister oh, are yeah. capable of. And it's yeah. like, okay. It's well, like- if you look at it, it's kind of like at the end, whenever he's, he's just like, well, it's my, it's my best friend and my sister. I have to do something. Right. You and, know, and it's kind of like by, uh, um, he says something like, I'm not going to apologize for what yeah. he did, something like that, you know? So, uh, yeah, and he's probably, and you probably think, like, the guy's not, like, if they would have just met in college, they probably wouldn't have kicked it, you know? But they probably go way back, you know? And it's like one of those people you grow he up said, with. It's his best friend. Right, that's what I'm know? saying. So, so But like, they probably, like, grew yeah, up together. Yeah, yeah, I imagine so. And that's why, like, then again, maybe we just never get the chance to see what a douche Christian Slater could have been. Maybe he was, but we're just like, Christian Slater! Maybe just in comparison to to Lee Sweater, he's not quite the douche. But then again, it's like I don't know. It's Christian Slater, so it's kind of hard to. I don't, I don't want to imagine him as 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 Lee Sweater. But then again, that's his best friend, so it's yeah. like that does say something about him. I got some friends that are douches. Uh, yeah, Look you know, we you, go Sam. through we go through those Look times. You, we go through those times. Yeah, but so maybe it's just that they hadn't. They're, they're just in college. They're young. They haven't grown apart yet. And, you know, but and plus the dude's with his sister, so he's like, I'm stuck with this guy. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. easier to be best friends. Like, you might uh, think uh, that he would actually, in different circumstances, Bashimi would have been his best friend, you know, like, maybe. Well, it's like they got along while they were talking about the mummy and stuff. That's what yeah. I'm saying. It's like they, they, it seemed like they had had a pretty decent rapport uh, leading up to this whole uh, debacle. Yeah, this part right here where it's kind of the, uh, Set that up for us, uh, like Slater and the Mummy. Am I missing something? Am I jumping? No, he he uh, he shows up at at um, uh, at Bushimi's apartment, um, and uh, well, he has him tied. He ties him up. Wait, how does he tie him up? Yeah, he's got a. I, I forget. Does he knock him out or something? I don't remember. Anyway, he he puts all he puts it all together once he finds his sister. It's after his. Is it after his sister's death? After the the funeral? Yeah. Okay. I think that's what I was missing was the funeral. That's the scene that. Uh, so yeah. Well, um, it's like her funeral, and he's going to leave. Or am I skipping? I'm I don't missing. know. Yeah, oh, I got it. All we already said up. spoilers. Y'all regardless. Seen it. Okay. Whatever. So like, uh, he's got Bushimi tied up in at his apartment in Bushimi's apartment. And he starts cutting up the mummy with an electric knife. Yeah, he's got him, like, set up. Yeah, because know? he has him set up, and he's like, where's the scroll? Where's the scroll? Like, he's got uh, his thesis, uh, Bushimi's Bellingham's yeah. thesis is spread out underneath him. He's spraying him down lighter with fluid. the lighter fluid. He's about to set his... 
fire. And he's telling them about to, you know, yeah, about he, to have a bonfire. He's like, I, I know what I understand what you went through. That sucks. Where is the scroll? Because I'm gonna burn this thing. And and uh so he tells him where the scroll is. And he's like, No, don't do it. It's a one of a kind. He's like, It's I irreplaceable. Sure so. You know, like, I sure hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. If you can't do a Christian Slater impersonation, just do a Jack Nicholson <laughs> and it'll turn into a Christian Slater. <laughs> really? It's like, I burn really the scroll. So. It's like, well, I burn the scroll. <laughs> Anyways, I don't do I I would have to watch it and redo it. Anyways, um so while he's trying to find the scroll, Bushini starts reciting right, yeah. the spell. Mummy comes alive. Right, right. He's not super quick mummy this time. Nope. The mummy assassin. <laughs> he, I don't think Bushimi had fully finished the spell either, so maybe that's why maybe the mummy just was, tired. was just, yeah, you know, he was 3,000 years like, old. Gum. You said two people. <laughs> so he comes out of his sarcophagus mm-hmm. in a slow motion, and uh, so Christian Slater pulls out a uh, an electric kitchen knife. <laughs> yeah. So and yeah, and that really demonstrates like if you know the mummy's coming, he's he's very he's very easy to deal with. I mean, like Slater didn't even have to go get a chainsaw or like a shotgun. He's like, what's in the kitchen? Oh yeah, this. Now we use that. Oh, it's charged. Good. Well, he said just in case the power goes out. Right. Yeah. Like he had he had the battery one. It was a cordless battery one. Yeah, because they didn't have the power going yeah, out before. Yes, because the power kept going out uh, because of the mummy. So anytime I think of carving knives, I always think back to that scene in Idle Hands. Look at me, I'm Leatherface. That's one. another good one. Uh, Idle Hands. That's such a good one. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. You know that that gets overlooked as a Halloween movie. You know, and when people talk about Devin Swanson, you know, it's like <laughs> Sawa. That's what I said. <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> that's what I'm. When I got the name wrong, when I the first time, I stuck with it. <laughs> Swanson Romano, Razor Romero. I'm flawed. I don't care. <laughs> Let's uh, you know, keeping the bar low. Barlow, as in Kurt Barlow, as in Salem's Lot. I'm gonna see how many freaking movies I can fit in here, and talk about anything. Okay. Any anyway, we're like um back to so tales within the the first within the first hour of the Scarecrow's Hour. We still haven't even covered the first story in tales from the dark side well, thank you for uh, correcting me though for real so uh well yeah i mean please do so that's i mean that's what I'm, we're here for i'm just glad you didn't do something like don't say anything about it then in post you just write down idiot you know like, well i may still do that i mean oh uh, i may put like a counter how many times how many names does james get wrong in the first episode yeah. <laughs> ding ding <laughs> All right, <laughs> I'll take it. Ding. If you're, you're going to put in the work, okay. Ding, ding. Then it just turns into like an alarm going off. Ding, 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 ding. I start, uh, I'll really just start talking about something like I know nothing about, which is most things. Well, first he breaks off the fingers of the mummy, though. Yeah, yeah, for kindling. They'll make good yeah. kindling. Yeah, they'll make good kindling. And he breaks off, which one of the fingers was already broke off before, and then he breaks off two more. Um, so the mummy, the mummy comes, comes, uh, come, come, my mummy, come, my mummy. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. That song was, my dad was listening to, uh, one hit wonders on yeah. Sirius XM the other day. And, uh, we were talking and he was like, yeah, I know this one. No, I don't know this one. Yeah, I know this one. And it got to the nineties and, um, I think that song actually came out in like 99. Yeah. Late nineties. 98 or 99. So it, it, anyway, it fell in with that one hit wonders of the nineties. Yeah. And I was like, ah, remember this one. Yeah. And uh, he was like, what? And I'm like, yeah. Da, 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 da. Anyway, sorry. Have yeah. you seen that dude lately? Swifty, whatever. I have no idea. Who oh, that, bro. I, so I, bad. I couldn't tell you who that is. Dude, he, he looks like, he looks like he's about 80 years old. And I saw him uh, performing Butterfly Live on something. He's like, oh. come, come, my butterfly. Come on, so my dude, baby. Let it it's go, bad, bro. Dude. Let and it then go. Him and one of his other, anyway, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, it's horrible. You can, always, you can check it out. Uh, uh, Crazy Town Fight. Watch those two got in a fight with each other backstage. Because they were doing some stuff with like head PE and yeah. sub noise and stuff. Uh, that's how it came across my radar. And the other dude's a douche, too. Like, the way they were talking to each other. Just It's like, I don't like either of you guys. Uh, anyway. The mummy, because that's excuse me. Sorry, that's how we transitioned in. That's his mummy impersonation. <laughs> that's about what the mummy sounded like. Yeah. Well, actually, about, that's every impersonation I'm, he's got. I'm about to move this cup over. 
Like Jack Nicholson, he's like, this is Jack Nicholson burping. Sylvester Sloan burping. This glorious water cup. Yeah. Is that water in there? You got like magic potions? Mummy juice? That's vodka. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, totally water, 100% water. Uh, so Mummy yeah. comes out, hardcore, flying out, just rah, ravishing, almost as bad as that pink cup. Yeah, I know, you got the really cool cup, and I'm over here with my daughter's <laughs> LLC. I hate these, dude. Look like little hood rats. Okay, those things are, I can go on a rant about how horrible those things are. <laughs> Whenever you start putting them open on them. And I had, and they're ten, like ten bucks a piece, and they're mm-hmm. everywhere in my house. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's like, I'm looking at like five hundred dollars worth of crap, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. burden of being a parent. So anyway, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I love this thermos. Drinking out of it, it like keeps. It's just awesome to drink out of. But he doesn't know that there's other thermoses out there that. Huh? You know, oh, they've made more. Know. He doesn't cool. know yet. We're I gonna could, let him know. I could have just easily like wrapped something around it. Nobody would ever know. Oh, no, I would have pointed it out because you showed it to me the other day, and I would have had to point it out mm-hmm. as soon as I saw it. So There we go. Uh, now it's just a pink top with the, if you want to get the new Scarecrow Hour Thermos Pink Top Edition, <laughs> you can order right now for three easy installments of $9.99, So We'll fill it up with water or vodka, whatever. The uh, This mummy comes out, <laughs> and so as you guess, Christian Slater cuts it up into pieces with the uh, electric knife. Uh, destroying the mummy and then um burns it i guess yeah well yeah he burns it in the fireplace well, I mean, he throws it in burst, there you see him burn the head yeah i think i think it kind of like he did the whole yeah. thing and did the head last you know because yeah. you want to yeah. do that for dramatic effect yeah yeah and then he uh lets bashimi go yeah then he lets him go yeah you think you should have let Bashimi no, go? no hell no and not no, if no. and then uh because bashimi gets in his gets in a taxi you yeah. driven by metalhead which by the way if you <laughs> you can still see like the it's a rub you know it's a water tattoo yeah like you can see the peeling you oh, know whenever they start to peel yeah that guy whenever he turns his right shoulder yeah it's a green and red tattoo and it's like a dragon or some oh, stuff like no. you can see the skin peel up around it like you can t- or the tattoo peeling yeah i got it yeah I'll yeah you can see it yeah you can, can, oh can you, yeah can you do a steal of that yeah i'll do a steal all right right no other side there oh. you go right oh, there or nice. right there there's yeah <laughs> i was just like because i was watching i was like huh which by the way nowadays we're watching these in like hd or whatever oh sure and so it's like yeah. whenever i'm sure whenever you saw it or whenever they did it originally in oh, 1989 yeah. then you probably no but right but, the, the, it has a softer image yeah. you know that's a lot of, and a lot of older movies suffer because of that yes know? well and that's one thing I want to say that we here at the Scarecrow Hour are going to take that into effect or, or take that into consideration whenever we talk about a movie, you know, because we may like we're going to like, obviously, it's like we're talking about a movie that was made um, whenever I was five years old. Yeah. So it's like we have to we have we understand it's like we're we enjoy it. It's like but if you watch it, understand that the video quality is probably not going to be what you're used to or what you're expecting from today, which sure. I kind of think that our audience already knows this well so. yeah i would imagine so but i will say that i used to keep a uh like an old school glass screen tv and a vcr just so i could mm-hmm. watch movies like this like that because i mean i love having my digital copies of everything but it, it, something's lost you know mm-hmm. when i when i watch it. it's just that's not really how it's meant to be seen but mostly you know but yeah. not exactly that's not really what the director how he was picturing it like well it's gonna be like this in the theater it's gonna be like this on tv you know and stuff yeah. so you know not that they care they get paid it didn't affect anything i know nowadays they take that into account i'm sure you know so they just make everything look perfect you know but they could do that with uh i mean gosh like all those marvel movies i mean how much of that is actually like a like a like a set you know i mean it's like it's mostly green screen right yeah that's a big issue that i have with those movies is how much of it is actually green screen because yeah, whenever I mean, you look at behind the scene uh pictures yeah. and stuff of those all the time there'll be a little like, bit of set yeah and then, how much of it's green and then half the characters are just like in like green suits and stuff you know yeah, which the finished thoughts. project is the finished product is really good uh, I mean, they're based on comic books, so you know we don't have to get too artsy about them. But it, it, you know, it just it, it loses a feel. You know what I yeah. mean? I like I love good practical effects. You know, I know it's not always cost efficient, especially with those movies. You couldn't do it. 
You know, yeah. you just, you really couldn't. You know, you'd end up like with Waterworld. You know, Waterworld like would have done so. It, it, like it didn't really flop. It just it made money, but it was so expensive to make. But if they would have used a lot more special effects opposed to these giant tanks of water and stuff, you know, uh, it would have been. I don't know. Waterworld's not that bad of a movie. It's really not bad. It's just it didn't it didn't make money, its money. You know. Anyway. That's one of those I'll have to rewatch. Okay, so Bushimi gets gets set free. He's riding in this taxi. All right, we talked. We got lost on the taxi guy oh, for a yeah. second there. The but so Bushimi's sitting in the back seat. The temporary tattoo taxi guy. Yeah, and like his Bushimi's lines in in this part are pretty terrible. Well, a lot of his lines are, but then it's like you got to remember that the story was originally written a hundred years before. Yeah, this was shot. You know, and so take that into effect or take that into account. I keep on saying effect, yeah. but I mean account or consideration. That's just that's just mercy mess ups for me. You're like, oh, my gosh, I got to I'm, I'm hitting on everything. And James over here talking about, you know, know. yeah, well, sorry, man. I'll uh, you know, pick that ball up. I dropped. <laughs> no, I'm going to let it roll. <laughs> I'm watching it roll across the room right now. <laughs> oh, anyway, the door. So, so tell us about this. <laughs> This uh, dialogue. No, I was gonna let you. I was gonna let you go ahead. Go ahead and, and talk about the. Uh... Yeah, because he says something along the lines of like, because uh, when the temporary tattooed taxi driver is like, "What's so funny?" or however he talks, yeah. he's like, <laughs> "I was just thinking about a guy that can't tell the difference." And I forget he says something like, it's like uh, third, third, uh, third century uh, yeah, yeah. Roman picto porn yeah picto porn. Third, porn was in there uh, you know yeah and he's it's like, like you couldn't tell the difference between uh roman porn and and yeah uh, and hieroglyphics uh, it, third right. kingdom third kingdom hieroglyphics so and then he's on his way to go he, he leaves and he's on his way to go join a bowl, bowling league with the dude and walter but <laughs> meantime christian slater's talking to his mom on the phone talking about the funeral was hard and everything and guess who shows up at his house his Dead sister and his dead best friend. Lee Sweater. Lee Sweater. Lee Sweater and the lovely, not so lovely Julianne Moore at this point. At this point, she didn't look too lovely. So apparently, dated worse. But apparently, now that scroll did not work exclusively with that mummy, but with any dead person. Well, if you listen, he alters the spell. Like the spell goes a little bit different he whenever does? yeah, whenever he he does the spell the first time to activate the mummy. Yeah. And then you listen to what he does at the end with he said he talks he talks about the couple. Like there's a few things that kind of variate. Really? So it's kind of like it leads you to believe that like uh you know the the mummy wasn't the the whole the mummy was just the vessel in which to get this spell. Yeah. You know, so it's an ancient spell. Oh, okay. So maybe the, the it's an ancient spell, and it comes free with a mummy. It's like basically, it's yeah. like you want a sar- you want a, s- a sarcophagus and a mummy. Yeah, along like, with this free spell. Act now, and we will throw in a mummy okay. for your first reanimated corpse. It's kind of like this. Um, I I uh, okay. I'll I'll sell you I'll sell you a Ziploc bag for twenty five dollars, and there might be some other stuff that comes in free with it. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of like, how do you deliver an, an evil ancient scroll? Well, I'm going to wrap it inside of a mummy, and then I'm going to put the mummy <laughs> inside of a sarcophagus. That's a tough word. See, I mean, we got our own. Like Romano. Yeah, stuff. like Romero and Romano <laughs> and Scarfaces. Scarfaces. So Scarfaces. <laughs> and so he stuffs, it in, stuffs the mummy in a Scarface and then yeah. stuffs the Scarface inside of a box. And yeah. Then there it is. Has and it shipped to his a, dorm. Or I can see somebody be like, "Hi, I'm here to teach you a life hack. Next, <laughs> next time you order ancient scroll to reanimate dead corpses, don't throw away the mummy it came in. <laughs> you can use the mummy. <laughs> it's good trial and error. Even if your friend cuts right? it up, <laughs> it's like try out the spell. This yeah. is how. This is this is what you start off with. Yeah, don't you start off with away. the mummy. Once once the mummy, you know, it's gonna fall apart. Because yeah. it's cheap. It's just what it comes with. Your friend's going to you know, cut it up. We expect you to practice with this mummy. Right. Once, once once, you have achieved, um, you know, the, the ability to. The desired effect. Yes. You know, once you understand it, once you get it down, then you know it's like, okay, now it's time to start using this spell on, on other. Because here at Ancient Evil Scrolls, our motto is waste not, want not. I mean, then you could turn around and sell the the. Scarface. The Scarface. 
get this all the scarface the scarface girl anyway i think that pretty much wraps up that story that i'm pretty sure we talked about that story longer than the actual <laughs> story is way longer yeah we're gonna have to fast forward through way some longer some other crap happens in uh the kid in the